0: Sierra Leone has some of the world's highest maternal mortality rates. One nurse, Zainab, has not lost a single mother. This Mother's Day, join CARE in supporting maternal health around the world. Learn more at care.org slash Mothers Day. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves.
3: Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of You Need Therapy. Uh, My name is Kat, and this is a podcast with a therapist, but just want to remind you before we get started, this is not therapy in itself. However, it might encourage you to go to therapy, which is really exciting. And I've become very aware of how many times I say therapy in the first minute of this show. So we might need to workshop that. But I'm excited because we have a returning guest. Yeah, We have Amy Brown back. You were here like a month ago.
4: I know. It was my first time and then now I'm back again. And yeah. I'm excited to have this conversation because, yeah, as people are, well, you can say what we're going to talk about, but I think for people exploring therapy or that are in therapy and they're maybe not vibing with it or feeling it, mm-hmm. like that's okay and that's normal and kind of I can walk through yeah. what I
3: did. And people don't talk about that as much. They just end up quitting. So we're going to get into that and then we're going to get into and talk a little bit about narrative therapy and what that means because I want to talk about a little bit of my week. Yeah, okay. Without some of the details. But before we get started, do you want to
4: talk about your coffee? <laughs> well, yeah, I think we sh- we should talk about our coffee order because Cat stopped by Starbucks on her way over to my house to record, which was super kind, and I've been getting a tall iced americano with a uh, pumpkin foam cream on top, which if you're not into the cold foam at starbucks yet you're missing out because it's the perfect that's, what addition. That, that's cold foam yes there's regular cold foam that doesn't have sweetener i don't think or any sugar uh-huh. and then there's sweet. sweet cream foam i'm new to all this then there's like a salted caramel sweet cream foam there's pumpkin cream foam which is what i'm now into because it's fall It's not officially fall yet, but I'm I'm pumpkin all the time right now. But pro tip, if you want to save some of the pumpkin cream and you make coffee at home, you can get the Starbucks cream on your thing, but you take the lid off and get a spoon and scoop a little bit of it into a mason jar and store it in your fridge. And then the next day, boom, you can make coffee at home and add the Starbucks pumpkin cream on top without having to spend the money to go to Starbucks. And that is how you get two Pumpkin-y type special drinks for one. Or three. Or three if you have enough. I probably, it's probably good to just split it in half and make two. Basically, I got everything for free because Kat bought it.
3: (laughs) But you're welcome for um, your weekly coffee tip.
4: Yes. And then what you have the new apple drink.
3: Well, so I got two drinks because I got nervous. Because I was like, what if I don't like this? And then I don't have coffee. So I got whatever the apple is. A macchiato, I've never had that before. I don't know what that means. It's one of their new fall flavors. The apple crisp one. And then I got my normal almond milk latte. And I'm probably going to drink half of each. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Good.
4: Like, mm-hmm. yeah. You could save the other half
3: and then have it again that. tomorrow. But See? like, have, do you save
4: your lattes? Yes. And that they're still good yes. the next day? Okay. The next day, yes. Totally right. fine. Well, I mean, you have to put it in the fridge. You take your ice out probably. I mean, I'm fine with watered down things. Okay.
3: <laughs> Just like drinks yes. or like in life? <laughs> well,
4: in life, probably. Well, I don't know. Is this a metaphor for life? Growing up, we only had skim milk, which I feel like is sad as an adult. I'm enjoying Skin whole milk, milk. is like water. Yeah, but we would drink, my whole family, me and my sister, we would drink, and mom, we would drink uh, watered down skim milk because I could only drink milk with ice in it and then the ice would start to melt. So I was drinking,
3: <laughs> Amy's you know. grew up drinking milk milk water,
4: basically. <laughs> so I guess that's why I'm used to it. So if that's not your thing, then you might not like saved iced coffee. Yeah, but I can we'll work handle it. it.
3: Okay, let's okay. get into the. <laughs> okay, so review. there's two things I want to talk about today. One of them is something called narrative therapy. And I started thinking about it mainly because I posted on Instagram yesterday a story about it was just me, you know, rambling. I actually started recording the story And then I forgot that I was recording the story and I posted like one clip of it. And then I waited five hours. (laughs) I was like, oh, I never finished that because I got sidetracked because my week was a little bit derailed. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That is the word that I've been looking for. Oh, well, you're welcome. (laughs) It definitely was. I, yeah, my week was derailed. And I am not going to, I don't want to share like the details of everything that happened. Everything's okay and everybody's okay. But something happened in the beginning of my week, Tuesday, and then it went into Wednesday and then it went into Thursday and now it's going to go into Saturday, where it threw off my schedule. It threw off my feelings of being in control and feeling safe. It threw off a lot of stuff. It threw off extracurricular things I wanted to do with my after work. Like it threw off a lot of stuff. Yeah, like we were supposed to walk, I think, threw that off. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, we were supposed to walk. Okay, well, I will share this part two, three weeks ago, my, well, my pipe burst. Yeah. And I was, I literally had finished work. I changed my clothes. I went to the office bathroom, filled my water before I was going to meet you. And there was standing water in the bathroom. A pipe had burst and our, our air conditioning had shut off that day. And we didn't know why. I thought the batteries were dead. Then I learned that there's the air conditioning has nothing to do with batteries. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, you don't just change the batteries. Like you're system shut off. And I was like, okay. Anyway, so that started three weeks ago. And through that actually just made me think like this has really been happening longer than there's been a series of unfortunate events at my office. And the reason I'm telling this story is because I could have taken each one of those things because it was really inconvenient. I've had to cancel a lot of sessions, a lot of podcast interviews, a lot of just downtime, hangout time, walks (laughs) Walks, <laughs> walks, and I could have taken the, the series of unfortunate events and turned it into the story of like how everything's going wrong for me and how things keep going bad, and especially with the world and how the world is right now. And I didn't do that, and I, I, I almost like border on. I don't want to sound like too like toxically optimistic about life, because I don't think that's what I'm doing. Because I am really frustrated with the series of unfortunate events, but they aren't life-ruining things. Like everything is going to be okay. Everything is okay. That comes from me and the narrative and the stories that I play in my head and how I frame when bad things happen or not great things happen or inconveniences happen, how I frame them. Because I don't have a core belief of everything bad always happens to me or nothing works out or the shoe's always there's always a shoe that's going to drop. Like I don't have those stories running in the back of my head. Now I I'm used to have some not great stories, but I've done work and changed my narrative, my essential like life script. And so that's why it's a little bit easier for me than I think a lot of people who are like wow, if the, if you saw the things that happened, you would be like why are you not like in a bad mood? But that's not how I process things because of the, the work you've done. Setup. Yes. Yes. Thank you.
4: I feel like I'm trying to approach things similarly. There's some stuff in my life where I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. But yeah, it doesn't do me any favors living that way. It's very yeah. draining. Yeah. And steals Your any d- joy. joy that well, you may have. And uh, when I did a therapy intensive, her name is Linda. Shout out Linda. I love she kept you telling me to keep it down the middle. And you are allowed to acknowledge that mm-hmm. you're allowed. <laughs> you have my permission. We but are allowed that. Yeah. to acknowledge that what happened sucks mm-hmm. and your feelings surrounding that are totally valid. Mm-hmm. But then... Do you stay stuck in it in that story over and over? And that would be too far to the, let's call it the right. And then if you move too far positive, like life is great, you're too far to the left. Mm -hmm. Like what, where's the middle? Middle. Keep it in the middle. middle. And so I think, yeah, you've been in this the last few weeks in this middle ground. I feel like you've handled it wonderfully. I don't know that I would even be handling it as well as you have and i appreciate that because you're someone that's in my life and you have to think about the other people in your life and how they're affected and it can be contagious mm-hmm. and so i'm looking at how you're handling that and i'm like wow that's great and everybody's different yeah. but i i'm saying that as you've offered me the encouragement i need and so therefore anybody else listening if you do that your thoughts
3: are a domino so, effect yeah, for other people really cool. When you've done that for me too, you say, I don't know how I would handle (laughs) it. You would, you have handled it the past year and a half. You have. And what I believe is that because we get in these moments where it's very much all or nothing, which is what you're talking about. It's all bad or it's all good. And I don't know anybody who, who I actually know, like you might see somebody on Instagram that is posting like this, but I don't actually know anybody whose life is all good or all bad. That doesn't exist. Sometimes our life is a lot of bad but there is some good and sometimes our life is a lot of good and there is some bad if you even want to categorize it things as good or bad and so that's kind of speaking to what you're saying what I have done this past week and what I want to offer and share with y'all is is acknowledging that like these things I would not choose to happen in my life on Wednesday I had a full from nine to seven day back-to-back day planned and I was like ready to go And I had to cancel basically all of it within like 10 minutes. And I still lived a day that day. I didn't do basically anything that I was going to do. But then because of the day and how it shifted, I was able to spend time with somebody I wasn't expecting to spend time with. And I was able to get some things done that I don't know when I would have gotten them done because of what happened. Now, I could ignore that and just be like, well, I had to do that. Or that was my backup plan. But also... I can look at that as, like, I'm glad that happened. I'm glad I was able to ha- have that happen. And then to speak to that in another aspect, every single day we're moving through little good moments, like getting to have, like, a special coffee drink in the morning or waking up and going outside and, like, the weather is freaking beautiful. Or Depending on where you live. <laughs> right here <laughs> yeah, and, right, and, now it's and cool. right now in Nashville. But there's it's been all these the small little good things that, like, I woke up and I my turn my bedroom lights and the lights worked. Like the electricity works in my house. Like there's all these good mundane things. Oh, cuz there's people uh in Louisiana yes. right now that
4: do not have power. Yeah. But I again, it's a fine line of like, you know, this like you said, uh being super optimistic in a toxic way yeah. or toxic positivity and I have to be careful reminding myself not to be too like, oh, well, there's other people that don't have this, so
3: I need to be grateful. I think well, somehow have we both can come alongside things. them. Yeah. yeah. So you get to it doesn't mean you have to be grateful, but it's like, oh, this part of my life is in a shit storm and my light's turned on. It doesn't cancel either out at all. Right. It just puts both in your hands. Hey guys, Cat here. And I have something
0: This Mother's Day, join CARE in honoring the resilience of mothers around the world. In Sierra Leone, facing one of the world's highest maternal mortality rates, one nurse named Zainab has not lost a single mother. Supported by CARE's work, Zainab's clinic has become a beacon of hope in her community. Zainab's spirit extends to CARE's work worldwide, aiming to ensure every mother's safety during childbirth. Learn more at care.org slash mothersday.
4: Uh, Mary and I, she's my business partner for a company we have called Espoir, which means hope in Haitian Creole. And we come up with a lot of different items, mostly clothing, but we just ventured into the puzzle market just because I'm obsessed with puzzles and that has helped me. That's been a form of therapy for me. And my therapist, who Cat knows and is amazing, said that it's an excellent exercise for my brain and very calming. And yes, whatever it's doing inside my brain, when you're problem solving in that manner, it is therapeutic, mm-hmm. at least for me. So I have been doing that, which led us to make a puzzle, which we have different doodles and hidden messages throughout the puzzle. And shout out Kat, because one of the hidden messages is feel your feelings. I didn't know there was hidden message. Yes. It's on top of the cherry. (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. And then there is, so that's owed to you. And then another hidden thing, which is not so hidden because the owl is pretty big, but it's drawn in. It's not one of the images. It's a doodle. And it's an owl. And next to the owl, it says, see things differently. And for us, it was important to include that because it's a good reminder. Like if, Because if you're sitting there doing the puzzle and it's some form of therapy because you're escaping from certain things, not escaping in a way like I don't want to deal, but acknowledging, like, I'm going to take a break from life right now and work on my puzzle. Mm-hmm. and Because
3: I used to hate puzzles. Well, same. Remember I first started doing them? And you were like, just wait. Yeah. And I was and like, then, okay, now i Yes,
4: it's <laughs> awesome. Like, now I'm obsessed. And so that's why we chose to put on the puzzle. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Because for me, things were not fine when I got into mm-hmm. puzzles. It's the only reason why I got into them. Is they weren't fine. But the puzzle piece by piece allows... Mm-hmm me to see things differently mm-hmm. it's therapeutic so putting the owl on there in that statement was important and we might even throw it onto a sweatshirt soon just to because it's super cute and it's a reminder mm-hmm. and yeah it's a not to like just make up a different story mm-hmm. right yeah. and see things totally differently yeah. but there is another side to things or there is another another story thing or story that can come alongside. Like I liked when you were talking about your stories. Like you have you've you've trained your brain in a right. sense well, to not
3: you have two go off the rails. Yeah you have two and and to one I want that sweatshirt if you make it.
4: We're working on it. Okay. We can't get the owl. So the owl on the puzzle we thought we would just throw on the sweatshirt and then the owl looks super cute in the puzzle but fits not it. Cute. We put it on a sweatshirt and it looks very psychedelic. Like the eyes are like scary because the way and so we're trying to work out the artwork, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing it. Okay, great. I can't I'll wait. send you
3: one. Okay, thank you. Oh, I brought, I, this is what I forgot. I was trying to figure out what I was trying to remember to tell you downstairs. I brought you some of the, have the day you need to have stickers. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Anyway. Back, Which is, that's well, so perfect that's what too. I know.
4: Yeah, because you, on that day you described where you had, mm-hmm. you know, 739, you know, your day was planned or nine to seven, whatever. You had all these things and it was that's not the day you needed to have. And it and, wasn't
3: a good day, but it wasn't a bad
4: day. But you ended up having the day, the day you that you needed, I needed to, to have. have.
3: Yes. So to wrap kind of this up back to the original thing I was talking about with narrative therapy is narrative therapy is probably something that if well, if you've worked with me, you've probably done it and just not known. You've definitely done it, even if you didn't know, but it's a way for you to rewrite your story. Because through our lives, through the experiences we have, the relationships we have, we create meaning out of everything subconsciously that happens to us. And we create these scripts for our lives. Uh, we've talked about the screens, right? I think we've talked about it on this podcast. The screens are the filters. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about it on Outway. Mm-hmm. I know. But we create the, these screens that essentially I visualize like holding up a screen in front of your face. And it just has these beliefs you have about the world on them. Whether it's people are unsafe, I'm not good enough. I mean, it could be a million things. Uh, bad things always happen. People don't like me. It could be anything. Yeah. This person hates me. Yes. I keep doing everything wrong. Right. I can't yes. get it right. That's a filter
4: I often, which one? I've had to work on. This person doesn't like, I keep messing up. Like I can't do anything right. This person doesn't like me. What, why, can't, why can't I do anything it's right? It's always you. It's, it's uh, always yeah, it's, you. Yeah. When really the story may not have anything to do with me yeah. at all. Yes. But I, I, for whatever reason, because I, and that went back to my childhood. Like, mm-hmm junior high high school insecurities of when, you know, my dad left when I was eight or nine. So some of it even went back to not feeling mm-hmm. loved and safe and secure in in that environment, which then transferred how I built other friendships and relationships, which then,
1: you With know, I always filter. felt like on the
4: outside, like people didn't really like me. So therefore, if I kept people at a distance, then it wouldn't hurt as bad if they left me. So, but then I always questioned if they really liked me anyway. And, and that care that i I'm dealing with that as a 40 year old adult, that's that screen. I've had to work very hard the last year and a half mm-hmm. to try to, amongst a lot of other things that I'm working on to try to change that screen um, or change that filter so that I filter it through and ask myself other questions like, oh, wow, you know, actually just maybe it's nothing I did. Maybe they're just having a day. Huh, has nothing to do with me, yeah. and maybe how can I show up for them because yeah. they might need help or they might need encouragement or they might it's it's tricky. It's I, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm just saying it's something too that your your screen might not be from something recent. It might be
3: something from your childhood or it could yeah. be from something last a, week. Yes, a hundred percent. Because in in narrative therapy, you're rewriting the screens and the script, and you're separating the person like you from the problem. So you've you've attached those things. How you just described that you are the problem. People don't like you. Like people are acting or behaving in any certain way because of you. Because you see what happens and it filters through that screen, people don't like me and then it hits your brain. Versus it just hits your brain and it could be like you said a million reasons why that person's reacting that way. So in narrative therapy, you can look at your story kind of from a third Bird's person eye. Bird's eye, Yeah, whatever. You can look. Yeah. From 30,000 feet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you can look at your story and you can see, okay, look at all the other things that I haven't put into perspective or I haven't paid attention to that also could be contributing to that thing. Why did I have to make that about me? Because when we create a narrative, we have this thing called confirmation bias, which is like, is not help. I guess it could be helpful in certain experiences but not this one because if you have that screen you're going to go out and you're going to pick up your brain it's like have you ever like really wanted a car that you don't have like for me I wanted an Xterra right after and my- then you see
0: Xterras everywhere oh my gosh
3: yeah everywhere mm-hmm. I don't I don't want an Xterra anymore but in high school that's all I wanted and I saw them everywhere because that's what my brain was like looped on yeah now I don't notice them because I don't really want one that's the same thing that can happen with your screen and your story here is if I've created this belief or I have this filter that people don't like me, I'm going to pick up little things that prove that to be right. So let's say we're having a conversation and maybe you like, I do this all the time. Maybe you like rolled your eyes and I would take that as, see, Amy doesn't like me. That's She's rolled her eyes. She's annoyed at what I said.
4: I roll my eyes all the time. Don't take it personally.
3: you You
4: have a gift. Yeah. Mary made a gif of me rolling my eyes and then of my dog, Cara and my cat, Maggie, who are both on the puzzle as well, randomly. But yeah, if you type in Amy Brown or the shop Ford, or I think Espoir for things, the like, eye roll's so it'll come good. up. Like if you type up, eye roll, I'm sure there's a lot that come up, but if you just type in Amy Brown, Amy Brown, oh my, gosh, my yeah. eye roll, I think will pop up. And yeah, it was pretty intense, but that was at work I, on the Bobby bone show. I was rolling my eyes at a question that Bobby was asking me, and it was a pretty heavy, dramatic, dramatic eye roll. But yeah, I wouldn't take offense to that. But I see your point. Back to your right?
3: yeah, it's like so you can confirmation create. Bias the, so I'm going to mm-hmm. find all of this evidence that, that confirms proves, right. So that's, but that necessarily might not be true, and that speaks to what I was saying earlier about when you're, we're in these modes and everything's all bad, we're going to pick up all the bad things that happen. Yes, everything. If that's you're not like a my, magnet, a magnet for bad, and then you're not paying attention to any of the good things. I'm not paying attention to maybe we had a whole conversation and you were smiling at me and engaged the whole time, and then you got a text and you rolled your eyes. I took that personally, and all I remember is that you rolled your eyes at me. Yeah, Amy doesn't like me. So narrative therapy gives us a chance to go back and look at the actual things that were going on, rewrite the script, so we can then live a life that feels like better to be in, essentially.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a story at work and this is just me getting vulnerable with what I do. I've been struggling for a while with like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not very good at my job. Nobody cares what I have to say. But that was my, this is a heavy narrative of like, I'm letting people down. Everybody else at work is doing better than me. And, you know, I had an important conversation that I needed to have, which felt good for me to say and be heard but something about sharing that and just voicing it helped me. But then I also knew I had to put in the work to change my narrative. Mm -hmm. And I will say I've been able to show up at work with more confidence Mm -hmm. and I'm present on the mic and I feel like, Hey, yeah, I, I've been doing this for 15 years. I guess there is a reason why I'm here and no, I, I don't need to back away. But the, when I had the negative reel, I would back away from the microphone and I literally wasn't talking, which is, it is my job. I am getting paid to talk. But then that confirms the belief of nobody cares what I have to say. Yes, because nobody's talking to me. Nobody's asking my opinion. Well, nobody's asking my opinion because I'm backed away from the mic right? or I'm not engaged or I'm looking at my phone. Mm -hmm. There was a disconnect, but I was adding to the disconnect by confirming the story over and over in my head. And that was my narrative. But then- I'm living proof that about two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half, I don't know. I switched the narrative and I have been having better days at work. Mm -hmm. And literally, I don't think anything else is different around me. Nothing in my environment has changed except except for my thoughts.
3: Except for you. What you're talking about is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So when we look at something where we have that belief system, we're going to go and behave in ways that then create that to happen. We do that in relationships all the time. They're going to break up with me. They're going to break up with me. Okay, well, guess what? When you act so anxious that they're going to break up with you and you continue to ask somebody, do you like me? Do you love me? Do you want to be with me? Like, do you want to hang out? Do you really want to be here? You're going to push them away. Then they're going to break up with you and you're going to create that story to be true. Versus if you are just sitting in, you can be anxious and not also, I guess, I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it, like berate somebody if they like you or not. If you can just sit in that and, and find ways to cope with your feelings of, of anxiety or whatever that is, then you actually get to be in that relationship and that person gets to be with you versus you're trying to like pull them in closer and then they're going to end up wanting to walk away. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the self-fulfilling prophecy is right in line with the confirmation bias, right in line with the narratives that we have. So I just wanted to talk about that because I think that's a really important thing for us to acknowledge and pay attention to because we don't know that we might be living in narratives that aren't actually reality until we look at them. Yeah, self-awareness is a huge part of it. So yes. Like, I mean, yeah. And now, before we transition and wrap this part of the conversation up, I do want to just say and, and put out there that right now it feels like we don't have a lot of control and power in the world And it's it's pretty true. There's a lot of stuff going on out there that we cannot change um, by ourselves. And what I want to remind you guys is this is something that you do have a lot of power and control in. And that is your story and the meaning making you make up. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to bring this up today because we cannot change a lot of the stuff out there, but we can change how we're responding to the stuff out there and we're responding to the internal messages that we've been holding on to for a long time.
4: I like that. Yeah. Thank
3: you for the reminder.
4: You're welcome.
0: This Mother's Day, join CARE in honoring the resilience of mothers around the world. In Sierra Leone, facing one of the world's highest maternal mortality rates, one nurse named Zainab has not lost a single mother. Supported by CARE's work, Zainab's clinic has become a beacon of hope in her community. Zainab's spirit extends to CARE's work worldwide, aiming to ensure every mother's safety during childbirth. Learn more at care.org slash mothersday.
2: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work.
5: Listen to Woke App Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Now let's transition because uh, I got a question that I'm not going to read the whole question, but I'm, we're going to talk about the the gist of it because I get questions like this a lot from you guys that I usually will end up answering on Couch Talks. But I want to talk about it with Amy Why I have her here because she's somebody who I think has some good insight from the therapy goer versus the therapist perspective. Right. And it is this idea of what do I do? Not just how do I find a therapist that I like and jive with, but what do I do when the therapist that I'm working with either isn't working for me, isn't hearing me, or I just don't like them? How do I get my needs met? Do I just leave? Do I have a conversation about it? Do I ask for something different? Do I just give up and stop going to therapy? Well, I've done
4: it all. <laughs> and I think that you're per- it's perfectly normal if you're feeling uncomfortable with your therapist, not because of anything they've done. There's just not a vibe. There's not a connection. I would say you're not the only person in the world that's happened to. And so it's so important to make sure you find, a therapist that you vibe with and you may be able to speak for on your end. Like you would rather someone, yeah, find someone that they're going to actually get results from Mm -hmm. and connect with and have a good therapist patient relationship. Mm -hmm. I have gone to people before. I'm like, this is not working while it has set back my progress because I've had Mm -hmm. to stop going to that person and then find a new person Mm -hmm. And it's daunting because you you maybe did a lot of research mm-hmm. to even get with the person that now five sessions in, you're like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. this is just not working. I mean, I was even doing EMDR with this woman and, and I was so excited about doing EMDR, mm-hmm. like pumped. And I just did not have a good experience mm-hmm. to where now I haven't gone back to do that. I've done other things. I've done the talk therapy. Did we some did brain, brain, spotting. brain spotting with Linda. Shout out. Mm-hmm. I, so I didn't give up. I didn't just stop therapy altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, it did delay the, the process, but I think that you're doing yourself personally a disservice if you just continue mm-hmm. showing up trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. It's like any relationship, right. But sometimes if people are don't want to ever hurt anybody's feelings, they might continue going to a therapist for like a year. <laughs> or which is not healthy, right? That's not keeping it down the middle. Yeah, because you're too worried about that person's Uh feelings. Or some people might just throw in the towel and be like, well, this was an awful experience. Uh I'm never going again. Well, that's also not keeping it down the middle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those are the two extremes. Mm -hmm. So you want to find a place where you can carve out time of like, hey, and give yourself that permission. Go ahead and set the expectation for yourself because expectations are so important. Mm -hmm. Have you built this story up in your head that like, you're supposed to have this magical relationship and you should already be doing so much better and light, you should be healed (laughs) in a way. And then you're not, Mm -hmm. so you're let down. But when it comes to expectations of finding a therapist that you click with, understand that it might take some time Mm -hmm. and it's going to take some commitment and it's going to take some effort Mm -hmm. and you just need to commit.
3: Yeah. I think that you saying the expectation thing is huge because I think that some people, a lot of people, myself included at times, you expect to go to therapy and you expect to have a magical experience. And sometimes it's not magical. It's mundane or awkward. And I believe one of the most important healing agents in therapy is the relationship between the client and the therapist. However, that doesn't always just click. There sometimes needs to be a period of like testing the waters, getting to know each other, putting a toe in versus jumping in head first. And people don't like that because it's time and it's money and it's resources. And I get it, but also relationships take time to build. And that can even be therapy in itself of what does it feel like to slowly lean into a relationship versus being all or nothing like you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, we, we had some marriage
4: counselors, one guy in particular that we went to and it completely kept us from going and My husband and I, we desperately needed it. So had we continued, like, that's an example of like, I just quit going altogether. I was still doing my my personal. Yeah. We didn't like him. And I think it was like maybe the second or third time we went to him. So it's not like, but I mean, it was clear for me day one. I was like, this is not going to work, but (laughs) he was referred by some friends. And so I thought, well, let's give it a go. But then after the third time, we both decided like, ah, this is just not working but we should have stayed committed and stayed the course and found somebody. But we gave up, which then we probably could have resolved some other
3: things sooner if we had. Well, then you kind of had like, open. so if you start going to therapy and then you just quit, what you're doing is you leave therapy with like an open wound and no bandaid. Like the bandaid kind of has been like maybe not taken off completely, but kind of been like lifted a little bit. And that's what I tell people in in first sessions with me. One of the things I make sure to say is, you know, what therapy can get worse before it gets better. Or it can just get uncomfortable and you might just not like it. I would like you to tell me when that's happening before you just stop coming. It's okay if you don't want to come. And it's okay if you don't want to come back and see me. That's 100% okay. This is for you. But when you just quit and you just go off the course, what you're doing is you're coming in, opening stuff up, and then you're out in the world without any containment or any safety now. So it actually might make things worse or put you deeper into that unhealthy pattern that you came to therapy to even stop. So this is a PSA to all people who are are feeling unsure about their therapist or therapy, but you're in it. Have a conversation with your therapist. If your therapist cannot hold their feelings and experiences separate from you. Because therapists are human too. Well they are, they are human. Some of them but might not get yes. the proper reaction. They, well they might not give a proper they reaction. They might be, but that's not on you. No, nope, nope. that's on that would be on the therapist. And that's on the, that's the therapist's job to deal with. That your job is not to take care of our feelings. And our job is not to take care of your feelings. We both are taking care of our own. So I just want to throw that out there because it can be scary and feel like, "Oh, I don't want to be mean or bad or whatever." But it's the same kind of thing if like you get your hair done or your nails done and you hate it. What are you going to walk around with like hair that you hate for three months? Maybe, but I hope not. Oh, well, I know my worth doesn't come from my hair, though.
4: That's my narrative. I, I was kind of I, I got some blonde highlights and they're a little too like blonde. Up I love front. your hair. Oh, well, thank you. But I've been stressed about these blonde streaks around my face. And I'm like, okay, who cares? Like nobody cares. Wait a it's second. Fine. I'm the
3: only one noticing it. What? Yes. Also it's a real same, problem. Though. But no, but, but I just got my hair done. But and then she put these, yeah, uh, and it must it, she be a didn't thing do a bad right job, now. but she put, that's very blonde in the front. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so self-conscious of it. Yeah. But a couple of people were like, I love your hair. And I was like, well, maybe I'm just looking too far Exactly. Into and then, oh, Narrative
4: by the way. <laughs> Then I remind myself little things sometimes that I freak out about when it comes to me or like a looks type Mm -hmm. thing. I'm more like, well, good thing my worth doesn't come from From any of this stuff. Which was a great point. And I'm glad you said that.
3: It goes against
4: my point, which is
3: okay. I'm not trying to
4: counter you, but I appreciate that. It is true. It is true.
3: It's 100%
4: true. Maybe you shared a bad example. Yeah, yeah.
3: (laughs) Like, (laughs) I need a new example. My point was, I want us to have the ability (laughs) to share our honest feelings and not take care of other people, right? So maybe you really honest honest with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, that was a real life. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this. You're welcome. Now we're gonna stay with that example, just because we already used it. But my hope is that we don't go around filtering our responses to take care of other people all day long. So, I don't want to hurt the girl that does my hair's feelings. I've been telling her that I love it when I really hate it and I paid $300 for it. So, I I, so I'm just going to say I love it because I don't want to hurt her feelings. Now, not that big of a deal if we don't, our worth doesn't come from our hair. Totally. Right. I but it is that.
4: important but to it's
3: speak up, speak your mind. And you can do it in a, in a kind way. way. Yes. yes.
4: That is a whole, I mean, this is, I know you're giving the example about hair, but it makes me think of we can um, different. Like, no, I'm just it's thinking of an, in other relationships sucks. where maybe you have an unhealthy attachment or something or you're, you know, people pleasing or the codependency for that matter. Yeah. Like there is ways you can practice detaching, but you're still, it's neither kind nor unkind. Mm-hmm. It's just you, it just is taking care of yourself and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that my hair person, my hair is fine by the way. I, but, and I love my hair person, but I think she probably would appreciate if I'm like, Hey, and I probably, I micromanage a lot when I'm there. Yeah. And I don't know if my hair person loves it or hates it. I hope she's not annoyed by it, but I'll go in and specifically like, I'll show a picture and be like, Hey, and last time you did this, wasn't really feeling it. So this time, can you try this? And she's like, great. She'll cut my hair. And I'll be like, Oh, I think you missed a spot. I straight up tell her <laughs> cause I don't want to drive back. Yeah. And she'll be like, Oh, thank you for telling me. I'll fix that. But I think she probably would have let me walk out the door because honestly, in her opinion, it probably looked fine.
3: But then I pick it apart. But she's there to help you, just like a therapist is. We're here to help you. This is not about us. So Yeah,
4: but it's way easier for me to say, hey, I guess I do pick and choose what I'll speak up about because I will speak up about my hair, but I will not speak my truth or speak up about myself in other areas at all because I'm terrified and I don't want to hurt people. And but that's where that detachment needs to take place. That's where I, I just was working on this in therapy this week. Like sometimes uh, things that I am convicted on, like if it has to do with one of my kids, I speak up mm-hmm. and I'm like, "This is what's happening because, well, this is what I think is best for yeah. our child." Then it's like, uh, you you want me to respond that confidently about something else, and I freeze. Mm -hmm. and I want to run away and I don't want to deal with it and I'm not confident in it and I don't feel like I can make a decision but then I have proof that I I can can. make decisions because I just did it for my child. Mm -hmm. So which is it? So then then it's a challenge for myself. Yes, like I, oh, this was a beautiful revelation. When I'm doing that, I'm the victim. Say more. Well, the therapist showed me a little card and it said I'm the victim. (laughs) But <laughs> and I Explain was like
3: how you're the victim when you Well, do
4: that. because so there's all of these adjectives to describe victim behavior. and I basically checked off all of them, but only when it came to this one particular topic. I guess it's hard to discuss without giving the well, for me, I'm trying to filter, but this involves other people and it's other people's stories. So I'm not public with this information, but it's it's for me, because I'm avoiding, and I'm like, woe is me. And I'm stuck in my feelings and I don't want to deal with this. And I can't make a good decision. That's mm-hmm. victim. Helpless. Behavior. Yeah. Help. Helpless. Hopeless. Yeah. Yes. But the benefit of that is, is I have to avoid making a decision.
3: You don't have to do anything. I don't have
4: to do anything. Being a victim has a benefit. You don't Absolutely. have to do
3: anything.
4: I actually thought, woe is me. Mm-hmm. I can't get in tune with what A decision at my core like I don't know what you mean by speak my truth on this matter because I don't know what it is and feel bad for me because this sucks Mm
3: -hmm. but it puts the responsibility in everybody else's hands but yours
4: yes and then it gives other people mixed messages Mm -hmm. and it causes more drama than necessary the what countered the victim was the like a aggressor both what's the word did she do the Cartman triangle with you that's what this is it's, the a, victim, yeah, it's a he, but perpetrator. The perpetrator. Yeah. So, the, and
3: rescuer. Yes.
4: Rescuer. So, the, but the opposite of the victim is the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. So, then if you are the perpetrator, both can be passive aggressive. A hundred percent. And then you get in this dance. Mm-hmm. And then, especially if you're in a relationship where you kind of even know the other person, you can swap. Well, you're, you can go from victim to, to, persecutor to and then from persecutor to victim depending on what you're talking about
3: well and yeah and the problem we should do a whole episode on yeah the probably because it's I called the Cartman is, triangle or the drama triangle depending on who you're talking to and it is one of the most helpful things that I teach clients in session so I think we should you should come back and we should do another episode on that
4: yeah we should because I think it because then the 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 rescuer, the victim, and the perpetrator are all kind of the, whoa, these are red flags. We need to not be... We need to keep it in the, in the middle and
3: there's a way to get keep out it down of this. the middle yes
4: because then well setting healthy boundaries mm-hmm. well don't give it all away okay we'll talk it. about it later episode. Uh, but sorry I think I'm that's, like a new student but, <laughs> I just learned it in uh, therapy yesterday but I
3: love that because I think that a lot of people going back to this original question we get stuck in this of like I can't find a therapist or it's never going to work for me it's blah, blah, you're blah, the blah, victim blah, blah, blah. you're the victim yes people don't like to be called a victim but no. people like to be a victim
4: Absolutely. And you're you're a victim and you don't even know it. Yes. You're acting victim. You're victimizing yourself. I didn't. I certainly didn't. When he flipped over the card and it said victim Mm -hmm. and I was like, I read all the things. I was self-aware enough to say, that is me. And like, ick. And I, yeah, I don't want to, I'm strong. I am capable of not being the victim. Mm -hmm. There's the power. So yeah, somewhere I need to come
3: down the middle but we can talk about more of the yeah but that's the, that's wrapping all of this together because there's the power that I'm like you do have power in changing this narrative in you your are able yes and you do it's have hard the tools and it's it.
4: hard and it does take work but one of the beautiful tools is therapy <laughs> yeah. and that will help you so therefore to put a bow on this don't <laughs> give up on finding a therapist it's very important mm-hmm. and I get not everybody has resources for it. So I don't want to say it's so important and you're completely missing out if you don't have access and you can't afford it or something, but you just got to, what are, what are other tools you can put in your toolbox? Like what are there podcasts you can listen to? Are there books you can read? Mm -hmm. Are there people you can follow on Instagram that are going to offer you the proper encouragement? Mm -hmm. And that might take work in itself, Mm -hmm. filtering out what are the right resources Mm -hmm. for me? And then, you know, there's even online therapy now with, with Headspace and
1: there's just different
4: and- ways to do therapy now, especially with COVID. A lot of it is on Zoom, and that can be highly and convenient. think outside the box. Yeah. Oh,
3: now I'm excited to have this next conversation. But before we, and I do want to say, there's a difference in victimizing yourself, and some some of us really are victims at parts of our lives. Absolutely. So it, I don't want anybody to hear that and be like, well, I was a victim in this experience, 100%. No, I don't my want to example that. was me. I You're, literally was, it was victimizing myself. Head.
4: Yeah. And yes. It was I based. am. Ma- I am adding to the problem. Mm-hmm. I am doing a dance with myself, and we are going round and round, and we're not getting anywhere because I continue to be the victim. One
3: hundred percent. So, oh, okay. Well, we're gonna wrap this one up because now we're just gonna go get excited about the next episode we're gonna do together. She's gonna come back again. Right? Yes. Okay. That. Great. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for, um, I always want to say tuning in, but you don't tune into this. You just play it on your phone. Thank you guys for listening. If you have a second, we would, I would personally love it. Well, if I would you, love it too. Okay. That's on my also, podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, shameless plug, scroll down to the bottom of the Apple podcast. <laughs> Give us five stars. If you
4: feel inclined, if you don't, if you're like, Oh, this is one star, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> Like if you send don't like it, just, yeah, or don't yeah, send constructive criticism, <laughs> yeah. but you don't have to leave a one-star review. You really don't have you to don't. do it. Just, Please yeah, don't.
3: Yeah. Um and if you ha- wanna say anything, you can leave a comment. And then if you have questions for couch talks, remember you can send those to me at Katherine at unique Thanks, Amy, for being here. Thank you for having me. Should we go on a walk?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Bye. Sierra Leone has some of the world's highest maternal mortality rates. One nurse, Zainab, has not lost a single mother. This Mother's Day, join CARE in supporting maternal Health around the world. Learn more at care.org slash Mothers Day. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford